Welcome to the Post-Class Podcast, brought to you by TheEducatorsRoom.com. Now here's your host, Mr. Jake Miller. Hello, 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 and welcome to Episode 5, The Parent Guide. I want to reminisce on something with you. Did you ever see this political cartoon that has a teacher, a student, and two parents? On the left side of the cartoon shows 1969 parents. They're on the side of the teacher, and they're pointing a finger at their child saying, Explain these bad grades. The student looks on in fret. On the right-hand side, you see today, where parents are no longer on the side of the teacher. They're on the side of the student. And that student's arms are crossed in such a crass and cocky fashion as his parents say the same, explain these grades to a jittery teacher. If this is a worry or a sore spot of yours in your classroom, well, worry no longer. I have five tips to help you get the parents on your side with this parent guide. Number one, start off the year with some form of contact. For the past 10 years, I've compiled my student roster as soon as I could, and I dedicate a day at the end of the summer to call home to each and every student. I know this sounds easier for an elementary teacher, but even for a secondary teacher like me who has 150 students, I feel the day is well worth it. If I reach a parent, they comment on how nice a gesture it is for me to call home. If I reach a student, they tend to be excited with anticipation of the school year. If I reach an answering machine, which happens about 75% of the time, I have a script that I read with a link for them to follow up. I'm amazed as to how that simple gesture that I do at the end of each summer and the beginning of each school year reverberates itself. From the first meet the teacher night, I have parents come up and say, oh yeah, you're the teacher who called home. To parent-teacher conferences where parents will say, thank you so much for just that quick, simple introduction. And... It's most consequently helpful whenever I have to contact home, whether it's via email or phone. I just want to remind you teachers, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Number two, provide regular updates. Now, my son just switched to a new daycare, and one of the things we love most about this new location is that they send an email to us, which wraps up every week. The teacher snaps plenty of photos of them doing science experiments or reading together or art. And then she uploads them, making a quick movie, putting it behind music, and writes a few paragraphs as to what they accomplished that week. It's not a full-on lesson plan that she's sharing, but it is the lesson. And as a parent, that makes me feel so great to see that my child is learning each and every day in that classroom. And it also makes us feel that every penny that we spend is worth it, if not more. As a teacher, I have emailed home with regularity to sing students' praises, provide updates on upcoming events of interest, and to reconnect those parents to the classroom. Now, I want to remind you, you don't have to do this every week. I think it's better when you do. However, do it when you can. Just call it a simple update. Number three, solicit parental opinion and feedback and actually use it. Now, any relationship that we have as teachers, we know that there has to be a bit of take with the give. I don't do this as regularly as I do the updates I mentioned in number two, 
I do share a parent input form a few times throughout the year just to see how they view their child and to see how their child is bringing what they are learning in class or how they are feeling in class home. I find that this provides some great background for me. It's wonderful data and occasionally I can learn something from a kid that I would have not known unless it came out of the mouth of the parent. You know what's even better is when I can share something that I see about a student with a parent that they may not have ever known. Teachers need to remind themselves more and more that they, the teachers, and them, the parents, have the same interests. It's the success of our students, and we need to remember that we operate on the same page. Using that feedback can help drive that instruction. Number four, if there's a problem, get your facts home before the kid takes them home. Now, like a lot of stories or homework, it gets packed up in the bag and goes home with the kids. One of my colleagues told me that she's always been wonderful at heading off any problems by contacting home, and even better yet to contact home with the student there and having the student call the parent with you watching. However, there's one instance that snuck past her. She said it was Friday, it was before three-day weekend, and it was last period. A kid had been goofing off, and she needed to close down her computer, lock the door, and get out into the parking lot to get her own kids. You know what that's like. You've been there before, too. That problem that she left on Friday with the student went home in that backpack. The parent only heard one side of the story, and that parent ruminated on it the whole weekend. Come Monday night, that parent sent home an email blasting her with the one side of the story that she heard. She was completely off guard, and though she was able to reel the parent back in just using some common sense, she feels that if she would have got ahead of herself and sent a quick message home or even called while on the drive to pick up her kids, it would have alleviated a lot of problems and a lot of meetings. Number five, smile when you talk to parents even when it's on phone or writing an email. I know this probably sounds ridiculous to the average listener here, but did you ever speak to a stranger on the phone or did you ever get an email from someone where you can just notice how good they were at what they did? Whether it's someone in sales or someone who asked you to answer a survey of questions, the ice can be broken even when you can't see a smile. Don't believe me? The next time you call your spouse, your children, a family member, a friend, try smiling the whole time you speak with them. It's hard to put your foot in your mouth when your teeth are glaring. Watch to see how you can make a positive impact on the conversation, even when it delves into the most difficult of topics. Now teachers, try that on parents the next time you have to tell them about texting Tina, Pushy Pat, or Cheating Charlie. If we teachers don't like the way we're treated by parents, then we have to take back the reins. I hope that I've provided five quick tips for you to show that we are the professionals here. It's time for us to act like it, not in a vindictive, negative, elitist way, but as true professionals in the profession that makes all other professions. And this is the profession that should make parents' lives easier and more importantly, kids' lives better. The Post-Class Podcast is part of the Educators Room Podcast Network, produced by Eric Semmel and Jake Miller. 
Music is by the band Elephants Dancing. <laughs>